From John chapter 12, I'm not sure where John chapter 121 is, but I don't think it's in our Bible. <laughs> now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went up and told Andrew, then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. You may be seated. You might notice my voice is not its usual aha that it normally is. Um, I'm getting over a cold that is long past but is reaping the benefits of taking my voice today. So um, I hope you'll bear with me as I take breaks for water and crack a little bit. My favorite line from our reading today, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. It might seem like a simple request, and really, by this point in Jesus' ministry, it shouldn't be surprising to the disciples that people want to see Jesus. He's been healing and teaching, and people have been hearing about it. But rather than saying, sure, right this way, we don't actually know what Philip says to these people from Greece asking about Jesus. We do know that he apparently walks away from them and goes to tell another disciple, Andrew. And together, rather than going to go get these seekers and bring them to Jesus, they go to tell Jesus about what's going on. Why not just invite these people from Greece with them to talk to Jesus? Certainly, Jesus has met plenty of people at this point. But what we're missing from this story is how extraordinary it is that these people from Greece would even speak to Philip that he would even consider speaking to them, that he would even think about bringing them to Jesus. For the very early church who were predominantly Jewish in the beginning, these five words are a big deal. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. People outside the Jewish tribe in ancient Israel were considered unclean, considered outsiders, considered so other that the disciples aren't sure what to do. Jesus was the Messiah for the Jewish people, and yes, at this point, he's been seen and been seeing people from the inside and the outside of Jerusalem, but this moment is still extraordinary. 
By this point in the Gospel of John, Jesus has been visited by a Pharisee, a Jewish religious leader named Nicodemus. He has shared good news with a Samaritan woman, a woman who herself was exiled and on the outside. Jesus has healed an unclean blind man. He has even raised a man named Lazarus from the dead, but spoken with Greeks? That might be too far. In all these moments in Jesus' ministry in the Gospel of John, and many of these experiences of Jesus are filled with words about seeing, about being seen. In the story of Nicodemus, Jesus says that we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen. And Nicodemus wonders about this new life that Jesus speaks of, if he can really ever see it. The Samaritan woman at the well says to the neighbors who once exiled her, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. When she has been seen by Jesus, she calls to those around her to come and see so that they can be seen too. For the blind man who was healed, when Jesus saw him, Jesus knew that he had been there a long time, and in Jesus seeing this man, he reaches out to him and heals him of his long suffering, restoring his sight. And in the story of Lazarus being risen from the dead, before he can be risen, Lazarus' sister Mary came where Jesus was and saw him and knelt at his feet. And when Jesus saw her weeping, Jesus wept too. And in this moment of grief and relationship and seeing each other, Jesus does the impossible and calls Lazarus out of the tomb. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. In John, to see Jesus, to be seen by Jesus is more than just looking at him. It's more than just Jesus looking at you. It's not about watching or observing. In John, to see Jesus, to be seen by Jesus, is to experience a new sight, a new relationship, a new healing, a new hope in an extraordinary way. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. These people from Greece who are on the outside were other, and they represent the voices of the entire world, with this world that God so loves, asking, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. I wonder if these people know who they represent. I wonder if they know what they are saying. I wonder if we know if we know what we are saying when we say that we want to see Jesus, and I wonder if any of us are really still saying those words, Sir, we want to see Jesus. Because honestly, I don't know if seeing Jesus, if this sight, this relationship, this healing, this hope, really comes to any of us in a way or in a time that we expect. What is so extraordinary about the Greeks who come to Philip who say, we wish to see Jesus, is that all of these experiences in John of seeing Jesus and being seen by Jesus, they all come as unexpected moments. The lives being lived right before those experiences, the time leading up to seeing Jesus or being seen, are not planned moments, at least not by people. The lives being lived of blindness, of isolation, of suffering, of sorrow, remind us that this new life, this new experience, is not something that we can just make happen. It's in the life of Nicodemus who finds himself surrounded by fellow religious leaders focused on themselves and their students, 
debating religious law and surrounded by a blindness to God in the midst of it. It's in the life of a Samaritan woman who has to go to the well by herself in the middle of the day because she has been so ostracized from her community in isolation and wondering if the Messiah could really be for her too. It's in the life of a blind man who has suffered for so long, who has wondered what he did to deserve this pain. It's in the grief of Lazarus's family and friends weeping and filled with sorrow. It's in the humanity of it all. The humanity of blindness, of isolation, of suffering, of sorrow. It's in this human experience that Jesus comes to see us and that we can see him. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. We wish to be seen, to be loved, to be forgiven, to be made whole, to be known. And when Jesus hears these words, he knows that humanity must see something else next. He knows that unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it cannot become new, it cannot bring new life. Jesus knows that in order to see this world that God so loves, to see all who are on the inside and outside, to be in relationship with those who are considered other, to heal the brokenness and division in this world, to bring new hope and new life in the midst of sin and death, Jesus knows he's going to the cross. Because it's there on the cross that God finds glory, not in riches or power, but in blindness, in isolation, in suffering, in the humanity of it all, in the humanity of the cross. It's the brokenness of this world, of our humanness, that Jesus takes to that cross, and it's Jesus being lifted up, it's Jesus rising from the dead that brings us sight, that draws all people into relationship, that brings healing into a broken world and inspires hope in the midst of hopelessness. And that is not always what we want to see when we might say that we want to see Jesus. We don't always want to see the humanity of it all or ourselves in the humanity of it all. But here we are. And here is Jesus, and even when we can't see him, Jesus still sees us. Jesus still sees you, you beloved children of God. Jesus calls you to be servants of God, you, real and human. And in you, Jesus puts his trust. In you, Jesus calls a follower, a servant. In you, Jesus shares this sight with those you may have been blind to without hesitation or question, through you, Jesus creates relationships with people you would never expect, with people you might have considered other, with your neighbors in this world. In you, Jesus heals the divisions between us. Jesus brings this healing for all people, whether Jewish or Greek or insert your label here. We are all welcome to come and see the love and mercy we have been given. Through you, Jesus creates hope. Hope that we can see, hope that draws us into relationship, hope that heals the brokenness and the divisions between us, hope that brings us to this new life in the one who gives his life for us. Hope that we too can say the words, we wish to see Jesus, and in the humanity of it all, be seen and loved and called servants of God ourselves. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.